Welcome to the Carmen Murray Show, where we have conversations about 21st century business and culture. To be warriors of change, marketers must understand tomorrow's problems today. Being marketing fit means your business remains healthy and profitable. In this University of Johannesburg Department of Marketing Management miniseries, we'll debate the challenges CMOs are facing, the changing MarTech landscape, and emerging data conundrums. Together with our expert guests, we'll unpack corporate culture, emotional intelligence, and the customer experience of this. And now, from the Solid Gold Studios, together with the University of Johannesburg Department of Marketing Management, here is your host, Carmen Murray. Hey, Future Fit Tribe, welcome to another episode with the Carmen Murray Show. We are super excited because we're going to talk about a topic I love. I love all topics that has to do with marketing, but this one in particular, which is going to be all about AI. Now, Mark Cuban quotes something very interesting. And since we are sitting with the University of Johannesburg Department of Marketing Management, they're actually supporting your goals in life is to educate people because this is what Mark Cuban says. Artificial intelligence, deep learning, and machine learning. Whatever you're doing, if you don't understand it, learn it. Because otherwise, you're going to be a dinosaur within three years. So, I don't want to be a dinosaur. <laughs> so, I would love for us to unpack this topic today. So, with us in studio, we've got Mariette, we've got Dr. Beata, and we've got Dr. Gida. And I'm going to ask you guys to go around the room. If you were at a party and you had to introduce yourself, what is it that you do and what's your party trick? Okay. Um, my name is Jide, for short. Dr. Abe Jide Adebujala in full. I'm an academic. I am an artificial intelligence expert. So this topic plays right in, into my hands. It's exciting times. I have written many AI applications across different spaces wow. and domains. One of the recent ones is, was actually marketing that we launched about a month ago. It's called Sellbot. They actually could sell like a digital marketer, but now it's a bot. Oh, so wow. We, it's, it's exciting. Thanks for having me. Oh, very excited. We yeah. have to unpack that just now. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Beata, lovely to have you back again. Yes, thank you. You're like a regular on here. I am like a regular <laughs> on here. So... Uh, you asked how would I introduce myself at a party. So I think if it's one of those doof doof parties, I would say, yo, yo, Dr. B in the house. <laughs> <laughs> What's your party trick? <laughs> no, party trick. Well, I suppose when I've had a few wines, uh, my party trick would be dancing like a wild animal <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> can I tell you a secret? You know what mine is. You know. I can pick up almost anything with my toes. Oh, wow. Oh, fantastic. Oh, that's mind-blowing. <laughs> that is very unique. <laughs> <laughs> that's very unique. Yeah, so um, I'm a senior lecturer at the Department of Marketing Management at the University of Johannesburg, and I'm also the department's marketing coordinator. Oh, such a big title with so many. Mariette, <laughs> give it to us. I'm also academic in the marketing department. I've been there for many years. My Focus area is retailing, common known as Mrs. Retail. So <laughs> at a party, I will probably go back to that and I'll explain to you how you can get everything in a retail store for less than retail. So 50% off, 90% off, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Love Decoding <a> <laughs> behavioral science. There we go. Okay, so before we get started, I would like to read something out of a book to you, an interesting case study on Netflix and, and what they did to get their rating system together. Um, also for the audience, it's a great book to go and read. It's called AIQ and it's by Nick Paulson and James Scott. So Netflix 1.0 was so focused on improving its recommender system that in 2007, to great fanfare among math geeks the world over, it announced a public machine learning contest with a prize of $1 million. Now imagine that, right? So they wanted to improve their rating system and they put a competition out there for math geeks to come up with a way of how they can solve this problem. So the company put some of its rating data on a public server and it challenged all comers to improve upon Netflix's own system called SignMatch by at least 10%. That is by predicting how you'd rate a film with 10% better accuracy than Netflix could at that time. The first team to meet the 10% threshold would win the cash. 
Over the ensuing months, thousands of entries flooded in and some came tantalizingly close to the magic 10% threshold, but nobody beat it. Then in 2009, after two years of refining their algorithm, a team calling themselves Belcor's Pragmatic Chaos, I love that, Chaos, <laughs> finally submitted the million-dollar piece of code, beating Netflix engine by 10.06%. Now, isn't that an awesome case study? It is. Thoughts? Yes. Yeah. Um, I think uh, improving algorithms has been one of the things we've looked at for many years in uh, computer science, generally speaking. It's interesting that Netflix could put up that kind of challenge. Most organizations these days have seen it as a way forward, putting a problem out there as an, maybe a hackathon or something to outsource knowledge from the public and the experts. So academia, industry, it doesn't matter where you're from. We're not contracting. You just sit out there and you try to attempt these problems. And if you can get a better result, then they take it from you and they get you paid. So I love it. But you know something you mentioned when you open up, you mentioned that you've created your own bot. And yes. more and more companies when they come up with an idea. So there's a company in, um, do you know Pedigree? You know the Pedigree Food? Mm -hmm. Okay, so Pedigree Dog Food, they have what they call those dentist sticks. The case study is called Selfie Sticks, and they actually worked with a university overseas to help them to analyze the different dogs' faces, and they created a Snapchat for dogs. <laughs> And then you had like exactly. a clip-on thing that you put on. I'll put the case study. It will be in the show notes. But yeah. I mean, you would then put the dentist stick on a clip that's on the actual phone. And the dog would then obviously look at the dentist stick because it's on the phone. <laughs> and then it would recognize its face, face through machine yeah. learning. I mean, yeah, and sure. then you can actually take a selfie with, with your dog. And yes. then they're wearing a police hat or a, <laughs> um, they're on safari or something like that. Yeah. But how they came so up cute. with that was they actually collaborated with the university to help them build this entire program. And it took them, I think, two years okay. to do it. Yeah. Does that I, I sound that, good? Yeah, it sounds very good. But sometimes it can even be quicker. So here's the thing. When it comes to machine learning, which is like the core of what people call AI today, mm -hmm. AI is quite broad. So in artificial intelligence, you have things like expert systems. Machine learning is just a, a bit of it, but it's grown over the last few years because of the growth of data. We started using devices and we started capturing every moment on Facebook. We started capturing texts so we could write algorithms to look at these things across many years to see if it tells us something. In that case of the dogs, obviously you have like a, a data bank of many dog faces. Mm. You tag them and then use this algorithm to classify them. The structure of our faces are different. The bone structure is different. And after a while, the machine the algorithm could identify that is a person and this is actually a dog. Mm. So then uh, the snapshot in part is just uh, augmented reality where you just mm. place some nice fancy stuff all around in the background to identify the face and then make mm. it fancy for users to enjoy. Yeah. You see, that's why we have party tricks and not long noses. <laughs> 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 but I mean, let's take it a step back, okay. right? So artificial intelligence is defined as the capability of a machine to imitate intelligent human behavior right? That's just a simple way of explaining it. But what does AI really mean? Good question. I always like to explain it to people as machines with minds. Mm. Here's the thing. Some people think AI means some guy's going to walk into the room, it looks human, and then I ended up realizing he's actually a, a bot. Or like they've seen many movies, futuristic movies, that paint a picture of an AI in a human flesh. But that's not really the case. As long as machine can pretend to have a mind, then that machine can be seen as truly intelligent. Mm. So there, there are many tests. If a machine can fool you and me into thinking it's actually human, then we can say that machine is intelligent enough. I think they call it general AI, yes, which, which, which doesn't exist yeah. as yet, yes. but yet. Mm. Please note on the word yet. yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a very scary thing yeah. to think, but I mean, there's also what we have, which is applied AI, yeah. which yes. is the, the deep learning part yes. of that. Dr. Beata, if you had to look at this from a marketing perspective, you know, how does AI make you feel? Uh, I've got very mixed feelings about it, to be honest. 
I think it's something which at this stage just scares us. It's mm. something which, you know, we're still recovering from big data, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and now you're shoving the next onto us. But, I mean, obviously it's got its advantages and stuff, and I think especially in the beginning we're going to see, you know, similarly to, especially when it comes to robots and that kind of stuff, I think we're going to see the same trends that we see in marketing where we love to exploit our different channels, like we, you know, spoke in one of the earlier episodes on data, we said that marketers see that something is working and then everybody jumps on it. Mm-hmm. And if I think of how NetBank has embraced the Pepper robot Pepper, and yeah. uh, Pepper also visited UJ um, recently, and I think marketers are going to start embracing it when they see this works. But at the same time, specifically with robots, I think it's something which is going to be a bit of a just a Nikki in the, in the, in the beginning, you know, people are going to like it and enjoy it, but they're going to gradually get used to it. Mm. So, yeah. So, I mean, I can't really say that I've got a definitive opinion at this stage, just that it still to me feels very unfamiliar. I can see the potential there, but I still need to see more to be convinced at this stage. And just to add to your point, I mean, something that's very important is high adoption. Mm. Um, you know, AI at this point in time, yes, data is very important, but we've got different data sets as we discussed in the previous podcast. So we've got online data, which we can easily access, but we've also have offline data, purchasing data and all of that kind of stuff that we need to try and condense so we can make decisions quicker and have a singular, yeah, digitize Mm, and have a singular view of the customer. Mm. But in order to do that, we need to get the basics right. Yeah. Mm. I think the one aspect which is absolutely critical is to use this intelligence to enable systems to merge with one another and to communicate better with one another. Mm. Um, And of course, I have absolutely no idea of the technical background (laughs) of of how that would work. But I think that also comes to the point where we spoke um, in the big data episode, where you need to calm down and decide on good systems, Mm. buy them, learn to use them, you know, think a little further when you make your purchase with these systems you know, look at the future capabilities of it and make sure that systems can be compatible with other systems so that it's not a tough and expensive operation to integrate stuff. Yeah, because Um, change happens every day. So if you've got the wrong stack and then you have a new change happening and you can't build on that stack Mm. because once you've got that stack, then stack. Exactly. Mm. And these things are expensive, they're expensive, they're expensive. So, I I also think when it comes to AI, um, there's nothing anybody has to be afraid of. In the early 90s, we've been through this where you have an office and you have that lady sitting down with a typewriter, you know, typing, and she was afraid that she was going to lose everything when computers came, but computers are here to stay. Mm. And it made our lives a lot easier. Mm. So I'll just say the dimension of our careers may change a little bit. Mm. That's the part I don't want to sugarcoat for anyone. Mm. If you're doing one thing, you may have to be doing second thing or some other thing. But these machines are just basically saying to you, there's so much data you have from all of your past experiences, but they never come back to generate reports for you. You don't know what you to expect in the future. Mm. So imagine someone that has seen this following samples, two, four, six, eight, and they're asking me what's going to happen tomorrow. I'll tell them it's 10. Mm. So in this case, that's the same thing we're doing, just that this data is large. It has many dimensions. There are pictures to it. There's text. There are web links. There is even a web of web links. Think mm. of it like a graph. We call it a graph. Very so true. when you use a machine to look at that, yeah. and these machines don't sleep, so... They run the high performance most times. We mm. call them uh, high performance computers. They run on parallel, parallel kind of design. They go all night looking for all of the patterns in this thing. And finally, they come back to Beate. And they say to Beate, you're getting it wrong, your campaigns. This is actually what you should be looking at because based on the history we have, mm. this is the thing that actually makes the difference between all of your sample size, whatever it is. Yeah. yeah. So it is, that's what AI mm. means in your field. In some yes. other fields, it's like robotic amps and it's more dramatic. Mm, when your field yeah. is not that dramatic, it's just behind the scene. Yes. And we really. use it every day. I mean, like Google Maps, you know, it's, I mean, even in, during the Cold War, mm. did you watch that movie? <gasps> what is his name? I don't know his name. Oh, what Sherlock, he plays Sherlock Holmes. Sherlock Holmes. Oh, okay. Cumberbatch, yeah, there you go. Um, Cumberbatch plays in that movie with the maths and where he tries to work out the algorithm. Yeah, I mean, in shapes and forms, it's already been uh, from the fifties. I think it's it's already been there. I think we must be very careful not to confuse the idea of technology with the idea Mm. of artificial intelligence. 
Yeah. Artificial intelligence is a completely different ball game. So it's you're saying, I want this machine to behave as if it's me. Mm. Or to even do things I cannot do. Mm. Yes. And so, think faster than and me. And think faster than me. And, yeah. and when it comes to data, imagine that I had 100 people in the room to look at your marketing data for. Mm. Mm. 100 people looking at 10 years data for a whole three years in the same room, drawing maps and everything, pictures. I didn't think they could find a pattern in it. Now, that old job is what I'm trying to give to a machine. And that's mm. what we call the machine intelligent. Mm-hmm. Mm. 100%. Yeah. My personal opinion is we have to also look at the consumer trusting these technologies. Mm. So we trust it because we used it, the Google Maps and all of that. But now because we're talking about it in the media, people are now becoming aware there's things like artificial intelligence that they're using as against me as a consumer. So they're predicting my behavior. They're trying to get me to spend more. And that part we have to overcome as marketers that, you know, our artificial intelligence are actually making decisions that will better your life. Mm. And it's not just entertainment value or a gimmick. So as a business, I think we need to consider when you can look at these technologies. Is it just something we do because everybody else is doing it mm. or is it adding value to our customer? Because mm. that's where 100%. it ends. 100%. And actually when we were having the previous episode on data, we were exactly talking about that, extracting value mm. um, from the data and then that will inform the channels and the technologies that you would need to use. And, you know, if you think about it, a consumer also has a job. You know, they're also working maybe at a discovery or yeah. in a call center. Yeah. And this is also the future fit, you know, strategy for the business is to embrace all of these new technologies, technologies and yeah. AI and stuff. So where th- there's usually chaos where there's a lack of knowledge. So when people don't understand it. So maybe, Jira, you can help us to demystify AI yeah. and the yeah. categories. Okay, fantastic. So first thing is, I'll go back to our concerns about when consumers think this is not good for them. Privacy has always been a concern of everyone. Nobody likes to be spied on. Nobody. Yes. Nobody at all. Yes. In fact, the guy developing the AI still doesn't want to surveillance cameras in his house. Yes. So, <laughs> so, um, so in yeah. this case, um, I think your customers want to know that even if you have a person X, gender Y, H, Z doing purchase Q, it's not actually referring to me. And that's where data anonymization comes in. So we have many policies that you see online that you read and uh, these companies tell you this is the T's and C's of using your data. And if that is the case, if it's guaranteed that that data doesn't identify me, then I would do that to make sure that my experience is enhanced the next time I open my browser. I don't want to be seen. You know, AI is so good these days that when you log on, you see if you, if you are expecting a baby, you see baby stuff being advertised to you. Just because maybe on Facebook you posted that you, you're expecting a baby and things like that. So the future is that data privacy has to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. And those are policy issues. Mm. Policy is important. Policy makes people not feel comfortable, especially when I see how exposed I am. What if this company gets hacked? We know what happened to Sony company about yes. three, four years ago. What if the company gets hacked? What do they know about me? Those are mm. questions. So the moment we can answer these questions for users, I don't think it's a problem. From the AI perspective, however, it's just science that is growing. Yeah. This is just science to us. So think of it this way. Machine learning, just like I told you, is the big topic. However, there are even more easier low-hanging fruits in AI. Yeah. Like expert systems. You program, a, like you go to see your GP every time. Most times your GP doesn't surprise you. The guy is going to ask a bunch of questions yes. and then give you a bunch of answers. Mm. So that, for example, you can program that as a rule-based AI. Yeah, it's because based on the decision tree. Yes, mm. fantastic. Yeah. Mm. Also with probabilistically weighted decision tree to say, you know what, I'm not sure if I'm going to go right or left every time. However, there's a 0.9 chance that when someone complains about X, Y, Z, the problem is this mm-hmm. than there is with the other thing. 100%. So all of these are AIs that are all around, but machine learning is like the party trick guy. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> so, because machine it's learning, It's the yeah. servant. Yes. Mm. It's the servant that enables us to do and to do our jobs better and faster. Yeah. I just think that what you're touching on something very valid is the responsibility because I'm going to probably put my foot into it now, but mm. in data, we were talking about regulators, just re- getting data regulated. I mean, how many years have we been talking about Poppia 
But right, yes. and and yeah. it's still not in action. Um, yeah. GDPR. Look how long that has taken people to get that in action. And now it's the Facebook laws and the, all the privacy laws and stuff Facebook, like that. It's a digital currency we, now. Where yeah. are we starting on conversations so, on I, I AI? Think, I think I think here's the problem. The world is uh, experiencing many other bigger problems that the world has failed to sit together in one of those their G20 meetings to talk about mm. issues that are involving machines. Machines are evolving. I think if anybody's afraid of anything, just think of the guy building it. If he decides to do something evil with it, then we're in trouble. All right. Yeah. Who is regulating all of these guys? That's the it. government of those countries, you want them to come together and have this conversation. They are not busy having it. Why? They've got issues like poverty, terrorism, mm. more bigger issues, in, in all fairness to them, that nobody's actually paying attention to your Facebooks, your Google. I always told, told people, if Google wants you dead, you'll be dead. Yeah. It's wow. as simple as that. Mm. So if Google doesn't want you dead and someone else wants you dead and hacks into whatever it is that you have going on, even by things like blackmail and cyberbullying, mm. it's been reported people have committed suicide mm. by their private pictures getting leaked and they couldn't deal with it and things like that. Yeah. So when it comes to AI now, we still have to embrace the technology. However, we need the structure around it Correct. to address the fears because the fears are real. I mean, like Elon Musk um, said that we are summoning a demon by unleashing AI. And, you know, one thing just to get back to, uh, not to play oppression Olympics in any shape or form, um, there's a lot of issues that we need to resolve, like poverty and so forth. But what we also need to understand is that if we don't solve this problem of AI, digital literacy in the poor areas and we enable 5g or 3g mm. in in these particular areas we are actually creating a more and bigger disadvantage for those people and it isn't an issue that we need to start bringing to the exactly. table and start yeah. this conversation exactly i, I, I think you, you you end up having two communities actually which is already happening right now people that don't have access to tech they don't have whatsapp they're disconnected and then your estimation and your budgets will be off every time so the government also struggles because now with AI, AI can only keep track of people that drove by traffic lights because there's a camera in there, camera captures faces, there's facial recognition done, even though that guy doesn't have an ID, but we can have his face as one of the faces in our repository, in our mm -hmm. data bank. However, you and I know that in rural areas, there are many more people in there. Someone said they are still living in the fourth industry, oh, first industrial revolution, and we are talking of the fourth. Because mm -hmm. side by side, you can have this industrial revolution, it's possible. So I, I think you are spot on there. You're spot on. One thing I know for sure, if we don't develop these technologies, some countries would, like your Russia and your North Korea, people are actually, China is, no, a, right. China is at, the, at the forefront of digital or, or mechanical arms and, mm. and mechanical soldiers. If you go on YouTube, you're going to find many videos of test cases, mm. flying men, all of these things like that. Those things you've seen 10, 20 years ago in movies, now they are real. Mm. because now the machines can be so the building the machines is not as difficult as it used to be now you could subsidize the hardware the software is faster mm. and now you can put this algorithms in these things and it's going to happen and i don't want africa to be the last in it oh no mm. so that's why we have to embrace it however i go back to policy policy is very key yeah especially global policy yeah. Yeah. global policy yeah the world economic forum actually mm. mentioned by 2020 and that's around the corner we need a thousand scientists in africa i mean this is important sure. this is important stuff and you know if you look at mobile phone how we leapfrog the world economic forum reckons that we would actually skip the second and third industrial revolution and move straight into the fourth and the reason for that is that we like, for example, I think it's in Ghana that they are busy um, creating a drone highway because the infrastructure of the roads are so bad that it makes more sense to actually have a drone yeah. highway to do the logistics so that they can actually move things from one part to the other. If we look at Kenya, Kenya's got drones delivering medical aid yeah, and stuff blood, like blood that. supplies and stuff like that. So we are, and we, there's a, I don't know which country, but I mean, there's a gentleman that created a drone an aircraft drone that can yes. take people like a taxi from one rural area to another. I mean, like, I'm very excited, I, I, mm. I must admit. Yeah. But going back as mm. as marketers, yeah, you know, we've got things like, you know, <laughs> fake news, computer-generated yes. mm. yeah. influences that we have now. One of these days, we're not going to be able to tell what's real and what's, what's not. not. Okay. Mm. 
And that's going to be a challenge for marketers because marketers have a tendency to exploit technology to drive sales. Mm. Mm. And if they're not responsible with these technologies, it's actually going to compromise the trust in a huge way. Oh, let the yeah. marketers tell me what they think, then I'll yeah. tell them what I think. Because again, yeah. <laughs> here's the thing, for everything that you're afraid of, there's so much technology has already done for us. Yes. Especially in Africa. You know, it's a, it's a continent plagued with infrastructure. Yeah. So having a mobile phone that could do so much and the app is free most times, even though at the expense of your data, I mean, privacy, because mm. when you click install every time you've signed up a contract to say yeah. your data mm. will be used, has helped us so much because the entrepreneurship, for example, the guys in the entrepreneurship before old school, they had to go source for money and get this thing done. New school, they use technology to facilitate their business. Mm -hmm. And across Africa, there's so much going on. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people getting employed, hired, poverty mm. being removed from society one after time. But when it comes to marketing, though, I think it's different. I allow the marketing experts to talk about it, mm. how they feel about this thing, what they think. But they are already getting so much from it. They're not printing billboards anymore. Mm. Uh, a lot of things have changed. And now For they can sure. stay on LinkedIn and just mm. reach about 1,000 people within two hours. Yeah. Now, back in the day, you cannot market uh, an album, a South African album from a local boy in, in Limpopo without actually going on TV and radio. Yeah. Mm. But now you could actually go on Instagram, have a lot of tweets and everything, and then boom, mm. you're there. I think there's obviously certain aspects of AI that we've been using in marketing for quite some time now mm. that we haven't, you know, realized. I mean, earlier on, I referred to the robotics and that kind of stuff, which I think, you know, that's still stuff that we'll sort of explore and see what will happen there. I'm still feeling uncertain about that. But I think there's basically two things that stand out for me. And the one is that these technologies have made the world of advertising incredibly cluttered. Like you really, really struggle to stand out. You really struggle to stand out with advertising. And the other thing is that I think it's important that there should be a sense of responsibility in how you apply these technologies. And again, coming back to what we spoke about earlier in terms of extracting value for the customer, which you mentioned, Carmen, I think it's very, very important. And especially if we want to use these across Africa to enhance people's lives to actually, you know, better their, their living standards. We have to use these technologies in a way that serves the customers. And I think it's going to take a bit of a switch in mindset because we're still very bottom line driven, which mm. is understandable. We have shareholders to report to, etc. We have to think money. But we need to just take that step back to say, let's follow the value and yes. appreciate that the money will come. Because yes. and, and that's going to take time. But mm. that is what I foresee the, the kind of mind shift, almost like a type of a paradigm shift almost yes. that marketers will have to make in order to leverage this property. I think if I, if I just add something to that, the only two fears we have, and I think a marketer should have, mm. is data privacy yeah. and loss of jobs. Mm. Yeah. So if we summarize it that way, then we can know everything is an advantage. Because yeah. the data privacy, if our data is used against us, and loss of jobs. Mm. So how would the marketer distinguish themselves in the fourth industrial revolution, given all these AI applications that exist? That's the conversation we should be having. Mm. Yeah. I also like to add fake mm. news is also a very important thing. I mean, mm. like fake news is not just an, mm. a being implemented, you know, with the Russian government mm. and mm. <laughs> let's not get, go there. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, there's fake news like KFC and mm. McDonald's. Yeah. They always I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you about yeah. fake news. I think humans have always, throughout their account of history, loved things that were dramatic. Oh, yeah. Things that were like negative in structure. Great. Post a picture on Facebook, say, I just helped a child in Soweto. Yeah. In the township, I mm. give them food. Nobody's going to share that. But just say there's been a shooting in a mall in the US. In one hour, you could have 2,000 shares. Mm. So Facebook, I mean, uh, fake news plays right into our hands as humans and what we like yeah. to, to, what we're interested in. Yeah. So it's like, it's just, it's just another media. So yeah. the problem mm. with fake, fake news is not even AI. That's unfortunate. Oh, no, 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 it's no, not. Even not. AI. So fa but fake AI news, can help solve it. Mm. Yes, to detect it, to yeah. see the pattern. However, mm. Facebook is also struggling with the algorithms because it's as good as good news. So when you narrate what you've seen and she narrates mm. what she's seen, what you see is different. Accounts of history always shift mm. depending on the perspective. Mm. And if you're far right or far left, in the case of a, uh, a society like the, in the US, mm. you realize that what you see is different. Mm. 
Yeah. Mm. So someone stabbing someone or someone defending themselves. Those are two narratives. Mm. So fake news, there are news that are generated, automatically synthesized news, if that's your fear. That one is mm. easily dictated by machines. Mm-hmm. However, there, is, there are news that are posted by humans about put a video of what they saw. But in that video, they just said, there's been a xenophobic attack in Ebro yesterday. Yeah. That's what they said. However, the video that was posted up in 2008, for example. Yeah. So mm. how do you track that kind of thing down? That's mm. still one of the hanging problems in AI. Challenges yeah. for the future. <laughs> yeah. Yes, definitely. I just want to get back to the marketers because I think they don't understand that their customers are changing substantially with this technology. Mm. With the Internet of Things, you're going to have homes that are ordering their own milk. There's not going to be people going to stores to maybe buy regular groceries that's something that they now go and you could actually approach them as a marketer in the grocery store and use their emotion or get them to do impulse purchases. If you have a personal assistant, like we all see coming up, you can't get that intellectual created being to look at your emotional appeal or appeal that, you know, it's now dinner time, you must be hungry because you're sending a bot or uh, artificial intelligence to the store to order your product. So the marketer used to use maybe they, you know, marketing that to children or the mother instinct, you know, you want to have the best children, but these artificial intelligence would be programmed by your consumer to shop within a specific grid. I want this brand and this is my list. Where now the marketer can say, you know, look at our nice bigger pack or a new product in the in the in store environment, which might not be accessible anymore with artificial intelligence mm. and people outsourcing the regular shopping and all of that in the future. Mm. Uh, I would just like to touch on AI. Like, uh, let's mm. let's come back to this monster in the room that people are afraid <laughs> of and they don't even know what it's all about. Yeah. I mentioned some compa- some aspects of AI so mm. that you, we can all be on the same page. We can get a clear picture of mm. what's going on. So first, one of the basics of machines doing anything ever is mm. algorithms. So an algorithm in a layman's term is just a, a sequence of things that you've written for the machine to do. So we like to think of it like a procedure. All right. However, when machines became more powerful, then algorithms had to be more powerful. Now we are finding ourselves in this fourth and revolution. Mm. Some topics come up like data mining. It just means you're looking at the data to find patterns in them. There's nothing much in that. We have natural language processing, beautiful stuff. Your Alexa, mm. you want to talk with your accent. You want the machine to take your speech to text. Find the meaning of your speech. If necessary, go and Google, or go online and then try to like get more semantics to what you're trying to say. Then the machine has to compose what to say back to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That aspect is called natural language generation. Mm. So the machine generates something natural and says it back to you. So NLP is quite a big thing right now because NLP is what technologies like chatbots are using. Mm-hmm. You've said anything, I'm so bored right now. And then it's could figure out that it's because sentiment is negative. You, you're bored. It means you need something to do. Then it can go ahead and say, from a lookup type of things to do, like, do you would like to watch TV? What would you like me to help you with? Because that's the future of domestic robots. Mm. Yeah. So then when uh, things like being idle, being depressed, will be things of the past when yeah. bots like that can answer your question. Mm. And we have virtual assistants that most of us already have on our phones, on, mm. on our laptops. Uh, hey, can you tell me this? Can you tell me that? Apps that can reply your emails for you and things like that. Those things are already existing right now. Sentiment analysis is a big one. It's mm. nice for an organization to know what are people saying about my product or my services? Mm. Mm. And I think that touches on the guys, for you guys in yeah. marketing. And right now we have algorithms that first can acquire the data from social media using APIs, application programming interface. You crawl, say, 10,000 or 100,000 tweets that have a particular hashtag or a bunch of hashtags. Mm. And then you check, what's the sentiment like? Are people happy or are mm. people unhappy? Mm. The future of marketing, however, is that you guys have to come with us to build these tools Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the future. Because Maturity. I'll tell you now, I mean, it's not rocket science anymore. Back mm. in the day, it used to be like that lengthy lines of code. Mm. Now it's an API that I can show you in about two, three hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you can also plug it in with the yes. knowledge of a programming language, which could take you about two, three weeks to learn. Mm. You can then 
use this tool towards exactly what and nobody can define marketing space like mm. you can yeah. you yeah. are the expert of that space mm. so we have chatbots neural networks those ones are, it's a fancy term to just say a big boy statistical model think of mm. it like the you know like your regression model mm. but now because there are too many variables involved the machine is busy constructing this big big puzzle mm. to find the pattern in your data so that's like neural network and it's uh, networks quite used all over the place You've got uh, computer vision, which is helping us to keep us safe from terrorists these days. Mm. Because Europe, for example, they are very particular countries like Sweden about surveillance. They don't want cameras all over. But the U.S., uh, your face is out there. So if you're on a wanted list, the moment you get to the airport, mm. the alert kicks in. Mm -hmm. We don't even need someone to actually say, hey, he's here. No, your face is compared with similarities to other faces and we mm. you know, jawbone. If you like, change your Esther, anything like that. So all these topics are the topics. That this is what AI is all about. Mm, mm. However, the fear mm. is always been data privacy and mm. countries that are willing to use it all against us. Imagine yeah. a bot that can fight mm. on the battlefront. Oh, yeah, that's and scary. it's just a scary thought. Yeah, We're course. not it's supposed to scare <laughs> the market. We are here to come up. I know it's tomorrow's problems yeah. <laughs> that we're trying to solve today. But we ought to take um, us through your, your views. Yes. Um, no, I just wanted to touch on, and, um, and Julia, thank you so much because it's so insightful, you know, to, to understand because you realize that so many components of AI that we are using on a daily basis already. And it's just good to see that, okay, this is how everything fits in because I think we don't always have a hundred percent clear understanding of this. But I think, um, to, to get to your, your question earlier about how marketers should distinguish themselves, um, in this century with everything going on. I think that people can't be in a better career than marketing yeah. <laughs> at mm. the moment because mm. it's all about this technology. It's all about this understanding behavior. I mean, especially with sentiment analysis, I said in the previous episode also that I'd recently published a paper using sentiment analysis and there's incredible depth. And I think it's a fantastic time to be a marketer if you have an attitude where you are upskilling yourself, where you are teaching yourself and where you stick with the times. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I even, if you look at how marketing has, has moved 10 years back, it was like, Oh my word, you need to get into digital marketing and everything's going to be digital, you know, and you didn't even have things like a social media manager 10 years back, but now you do. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's moved a lot. So I think we're going to see a few interesting careers developing, but marketers must just, you know, be able to keep up with the mm. times and don't be afraid because we're very creative people. We, we scared, but I think, you know, of certain things like data analysis or things like um, learning to code. But I think because we are already so, you know, exposed to technology in our daily lives that mm. it, it's actually not as intimidating. Mm. So it was just go for it, upskill yourself, yeah. stick with the times and yeah, go and for just it. To, just to your point early on is something that marketers really, really, really need to understand is you have to become a practitioner. Mm. You cannot um, make decisions, breathe a tech enabler, if you do not understand how the technology works and sometimes mm. in your mind, it seems like it's so overcomplicated. Um, there's a, um, an application that I'm busy working with. It's called Liarbird. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you, you know, Jida. It's like li literally creating your own avatar and it asks you questions that you must just read it out. And it's actually starting to imitate my voice. So I can give it instruction to sound just like me. So I can program it to be on the chat button or I could program it to do a podcast without <laughs> me being here. <laughs> I can just like expand Scary. myself. Yeah. But I mean, like, I think also just like if we look at campaigns, right? So conversational um, e-commerce using chatbots in order to make purchasing decision. That is something and there's a huge rise and it's becoming very popular like companies like H&M and, you know, Starbucks and it's really becoming an important thing. And I think it's, Further to your point, it's so important to embrace the technology and understand how you can implement it. And I think these technologies also make it fun for the consumer. If you mm. think about it, these technologies, if you launch a chatbot, people are just going to try it out to say they've tried it. Mm. Yes. And in the retail space, you're going to see all these technologies coming up as experimental technologies, you know, a shelf that follows you around to try and promote this stuff is going to be a gimmick maybe. <laughs> Imagine. Oh shelf. <laughs> because it's such a safe environment for these technologies. You're not building war machines, but it's the same technology. You're actually analyzing people's behavior while the shelf is following you through the store. And for marketers, they have this new 
playing field where they can play with technology and see the reaction on their customers because they can now measure it. In the past, they couldn't measure it, mm. and people are now talking about it on Facebook, and you can follow it where in the past you didn't know whether they told their family about it over dinner because you didn't have tracking. You have all that tracking now in your data. 100. And you can make your decisions much closer, and you can talk to the right people and leave out the people that don't want to hear from you. And that is the clutter that the marketers has created in the past that is now maybe going to be much less because we're going to talk to the right people at the right time. I think that's fantastic uh, opinion. As an AI expert, uh, thank you for that. <laughs> that's a positive way to look at things. That's a positive way to look at things. Um, trying to draw us back a little with an invention we just did at the University of Johannesburg mm. to tell you about things that are possible. Mm. We've seen stuff, but more things are possible for the future. Yes. So right now, as part of a master's degree that I supervise at the University of Johannesburg, we've created this AI. We call it the cell bot. Mm-hmm. So it's your typical digital marketer, but it's a bot. It's an algorithm that does digital marketing on two platforms, on Twitter and on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So Facebook and Twitter gives us access to post things mm-hmm. using an algorithm. Mm-hmm. To You know, when you open your Facebook, you write your post, you say click post. But now it's an algorithm that's pushing it. Browsers don't have to be open. It's happening behind the scene. Mm. Awesome. So since we have that, there are two ways to go about this. First way is to probably load up some ads and then push it randomly. Mm-hmm. That's boring. Mm. Yeah. We have AI. We have natural language processing uh-huh. and we have an aspect of it called natural language generation. Mm. We, yeah. we thought, we thought, why don't we write ads that read exactly like human ads? Yes, yes. that is awesome. So oh I spoke gosh. to marketers oh, wow. before we took yeah. this venture. A marketers told me it's got copywriting, one, yeah. two, and three. So we actually have an AI that could copyright, that could write an ad. Yeah. And awesome. put emojis in there, put yeah. everything in there. Oh, when wow. it's winter, it tells you, you know what, well, stay warm this weekend, pick and paste, having 20% off sale. Go yeah. da, da, da. When you read it and you're liking it and you're sharing it, you think it's actually a, a human yeah. A digital marketer that went on your social media and posted that. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's a machine. Yeah. Okay. So now that has changed things a lot. We gave a public lecture about it about two weeks ago at UJ. Yeah. We have this tool yeah. and UJ is thinking of commercializing it. Yeah. We also see it as a societal solution mm-hmm. for entrepreneurs, small scale businesses. Because mm-hmm. these guys that have small businesses don't have the means, they don't have the language to advertise themselves. Yes. They cannot go on Facebook ad, pay out. Uh, they don't have that. They just want someone to go out there and advertise on their behalf. Mm -hmm. So what we have is to give, we can give them an app where they said, I want this ad. I want to advertise myself. That's all they have to say. But the advertisement is generated with the right language. Now there are no typos. There's nothing, no capitalization issues. And it's pushed to those mediums for them. And also communities are tagged. That's a beautiful thing. Mm. It's hashtagging. So so they can get visibility and get many people to view it within a short period of time. That was my question. How accessible is this to the small and the medium enterprise? Because we've got such a big base, especially, mm. you know, in our country. Mm. We've got so many entrepreneurs who actually would like to use this technology, but yeah. their biggest roadblock is that they think it's not accessible. Yeah, I think about that. Right now, we are talking with the management. The university is very keen, and uh, the TTO is helping us out in the commercialization process. It's going to take a while to get it out there, but we have it, and it's working. In fact, it's a master's thesis. Mm. And it's not even everything. It's like one part of one the master's thesis. One part, exactly. Yeah. Mm. So my student's Fantastic. name is Sony Cabasso that I worked on with this thing. Wow. And this thing is done. We demoed it live. It's working fine. We just need to get the paper on the way so that UJ can co- protect the copyright of, to the software. Mm. And we can commercialize and look forward. But the moment we do, however, it's going to be an app store. Anybody you tell about it can download it. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sure the Department of Public Service and uh, Administration of South Africa will be keen on tools like this. Because yes. it means they can go to rural areas as long as you have WhatsApp on your phone, you can have cell bot on your phone. Mm. Just tell it to sell for you and that's all. All yeah. you have to supply to you it is your, say, discounts, if you're offering discounts and stuff. It uses all of those information to compose an ad and pushes it out for you. 
Wow. I'm just thinking agriculture. Can you imagine how powerful that, that must be. be for agriculture yes. and trading your potatoes and your vegetables and so forth? I mean, this is the thing is there is the good, the bad and the ugly. And I think we need to start shifting and moving towards the positive side. Yes. I want to mention something from a marketing perspective. So when you do a competition, right, and use computer vision, yeah. do a WhatsApp competition, send me a proof of purchase that you've purchased this product in order for you to enter the competition and stand a chance of winning 100,000 rand. Now, with computer vision, now all of a sudden you can go over it and automatically it can put it into a spreadsheet to say, till slip number, site number, name, da-da-da-da, and it puts all the information. So there's no human intervention that somebody needs to go and try and upload 100,000 till slips. Mm. Now everything is in a spreadsheet and it happens in real time. Trust me, with computer mm. vision, you have to be more scared or impressed, as the case may be, than that. In co- with computer vision right now, I can tell you what to advertise to a customer. Mm. Why? You go to the shelf, a pick and pay. With a camera right there, I could see you're a middle-aged, black or white man, and you're touching. Because the data we have right now, let's face it, is the purchase data. Mm. It's not a consideration data. Mm. Mm. So when a, a customer actually picks a product and puts it back, mm. what happens? Where is that data? Because mm. with just the right persuasion, that guy could go on and buy. Mm. So those are future things with a sensor on that device or on that shelf. The fact that that thing has been picked up could switch on the camera. Mm. We don't need his identity. We can anonymize it just to put him in the pocket. We call it pocket, like uh, biographical, I don't know. Yeah. And then with that, we can advertise more like, okay, today, 10 black people picked up this thing. Two white folks pick it up. It means it appeals more to black folks than white folks. We can make more inferences on that. And now we can target more audiences especially the data we don't even have on the internet. Yes. The Facebook one, of course, that's been done. But I'm saying, <laughs> yeah. walking to pick and pay, all of your actions, your pattern of walking around the shelf, mm. the shelves people spend more time on, all of those things are huge data for, for future. It's kind of so thing. important. I mean, think about e-commerce, right? If you purchase something online, you can see how somebody's navigating and searching for something so that you can actually stack your online store based on that. Now, if you yeah. have this in store, because geez, like mm. I'm not going to name some of the stores, but sometimes you go in a store and you're like, what on earth is this detergent doing here next yeah. to yeah. Uh, this particular product i mean i sometimes go up and down the same alley and i think they must be thinking i'm drunk or something but <laughs> I, it just doesn't make logically sense for me that it's there yeah. but just to bring it back to marketing language it's like something that we need to you know always remember with algorithms is that you know algorithms can also help us with our data mining when in the time of where we're moving towards customer experiences mm. and persona development mm. if we mine our data mm. we can have a better understanding of the cohort and the customer that we are creating experiences for and mm. it can disrupt our business models mm. to say hey we've actually identified x y and z in our data mm. we don't have a product for this particular customer we could actually create something more effectively mm. to serve this customer if we look at nlp mm. When a customer is upset in the service side of things, when they go via chatbot and they complain, they go, I still haven't received my invoice. And they go, mm. get upset through the you know virtual assistance. It can pick up that your tone is mm. not good and it will change its tone as to how it would communicate with you. you yeah. sure. And that's already technology that's being advanced. Mm. Um, escalated. If, if need be, it could escalate to a human. Because again, at the end of mm. the day, we still need humans for many things. We're going to mm. talk about yeah. that when the topic changes. I think right now, the most excited people in, the, in this whole topic are these people in the room. The marketers, because, for yeah, sure. Marketers are very excited. You know why? Mm. They've done research for many years mm. based on theories that are supported by plank boards and, and mm. billboards and everything. But now a whole fresh new research problems have been opened for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they just absolutely. sit and enjoy this thing like you said the other yeah. time. They sit and enjoy this. So I, I think, yes, of course. Why not? Mm-hmm. Great. Well, I think we have a lot to be excited about. I wish we had all day long to talk about yeah, AI because I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I've got everything. I, there's all these things that I want to unpack. <laughs> anyway, in tradition, we are going to play a game, but I've decided I'm going to switch it up a bit. Oh. Ooh. What are yeah. we expecting now? Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm going to try and see if you can understand. Well, and we let Barry Hilton first explain it. Barry, I've amended the questions a bit just to let you know. Okay. Hello, my cousins. It's Barry Hilton here, and welcome to the Carmen Murray Show. Have I got something lacquer to show you? I've got a game that I've invented called Smart 
ask. Yes, can you be a smart ask? I'm sure you can. Most of us are smart askers. But this game, it's quite simple. It's split up into six categories. There's nine cards on each category. Every card has six questions. The dealer chooses the question. And all you have to do is answer three questions correctly to win the game. Is that easy? Uh, well, all of the answers are in multiples of three. So let's get ready to play the game. On your marks, get it. Go. Name three AI technologies. Machine learning, uh, chatbots and robots. I can't believe it. Yeah. He's the only one answering this question. Okay. Okay. So in the awareness stage in marketing, name three AIs that are used. Uh, Come God, on. Answer. Google. 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 Okay. Google. What do you mean? Social media. In the awareness stage. So think of me. Okay. I'm going online. How, how, what, what AI ads. technology online. are you engaging with in the online, awareness stage? Online ads. Yes, on, yes, 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 yes. Online ads. So programmatic. That kind of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Correct. Consideration yeah. stage. Ooh. Think of. Yeah. Online shops. Uh, I mean, when you're actually viewing the product. Um, the what, what do I do? When reviews? I, I, I read reviews. Yes. Yeah. Or you ask. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, it was a Doesn't nice mean effort. I won. You won. You won. Ah, okay. You won. I, I didn't, you I didn't won. picture any other outcome except this one. Okay, but think about it. So in awareness stage, you would have yeah. programmatic media, etc. Yes. in consideration. You would talk in chatbots or yeah. talk to a chatbot. You would re do reviews, recommendations, yes. personalization, content, ta -ta -ta -ta, targeting, mm. all of that. Yeah. Anyway, I just wanted to challenge you. Yeah, you <laughs> did. And we love challenges. We're academics. We love challenges. I'm going to talk to you about that salabot. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway um, thank you so much, guys. Thank you for having us. Bye-bye yeah. now. Bye. Bye-bye. You've been listening to The Carmen Murray Show, another solid gold podcast. Please take a moment to rate and share this episode with friends and colleagues who love customer experience and marketing just as much as you do. To connect with Carmen, visit CarmenMurray.com where you will find links to her business services, future fit events, and biz community articles. Carmen Murray is CEO of Uya Modern Marketing Services that empower businesses to deliver premium customer experiences, B2B, B2C, and B2B2C across all industries. Some of these services include research, CX strategy, persona development and customer journey mapping, CX audits, UX audits, and the connected marketer training in connected customer experiences, mobile, data management, and AI. You've been listening to another episode from the Solid Gold Podcast Studios.